Genesis chapter 28, verse 1. And Isaac called Jacob, and blessed him, and charged him, and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Now in the last chapter, Rebekah had already said that she didn't want Jacob to find a local wife from the Canaanites, because they're all pagans. She wanted him to find a wife from her family, which is Laban, her brother. So she sent him to Haran to find a wife from one of Laban's kindred. Now, Isaac is saying the same thing. He agrees with Rebekah, and he tells Jacob to go to Haran, to arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy brother's mother. So he's telling Jacob to go get a wife from Laban's family. 3. And God Almighty bless thee, and make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a congregation of peoples. So many peoples. It's the same blessing that God gave Abraham. And Isaac is now passing on that very same blessing to Jacob, because he knows Jacob is the son who's been given the birthright and the blessing. So at this point, Isaac can't say no. So this is all according to the prophecy that God gave Rebekah before Jacob was born. 4. And give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee, and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land of thy sojournings, which God gave unto Abraham. So now Jacob is saying that this blessing that came to my father is now going to you, and you are going to inherit Canaan. 5. And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Padan Aram, unto Laban, son of Bethuel the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. 6. Now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padan Aram to take him a wife from thence, and that he blessed him and gave him a charge, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Now it's sad that Esau didn't realize this before Esau got married. Esau went and married two heathen women. He didn't think before he got married. He didn't ask himself what would be the right thing to do. He just saw two attractive women and he just went for it. But now that he sees that Isaac and Rebekah have openly stated that they want Jacob to get a wife from their own family and not from the local people, the Canaanites, now Esau finally understands that he should not have married those local women. Verse 7, And that Jacob hearkened to his father and his mother and was gone to Padanaram. So now Esau also sees that not only does Jacob understand what his parents want, but he's doing what they want. He's going to get a wife from their own family. And so now Esau is like, well, I want to be a better son and get his parents' approval. So eight, and Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac, his father. Nine, so Esau went unto Ishmael and took unto the wives that he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebaioth, to be his wife. So he now has a third wife. But this time he didn't marry into total pagans, but he still married into a family that isn't going to inherit the land of Canaan because it's the Ishmaelites. But Esau isn't going to inherit the land of Canaan anyway because that's been given to his brother Jacob. So in a way, it's kind of like he came to realize what his parents wanted way too late. 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. 11. And he lighted upon the place and tarried there. 
all night because the sun was set and he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. It seems weird that he would lay his head on a stone, but I guess he didn't have anything soft to lay it on. He didn't have a pillow and just the fact that it was elevated from the ground, his neck wouldn't get a kink in it and also his head would be protected from insects. There's some insects that They'll go into your ear if your head is on the ground, but if your head is elevated even a few inches, then they won't go into your ear. That could have been why Jacob did that, even though it seems really weird to put your head on a stone as a pillow. In Jacob's mind, it might have been better than laying his head on the ground. 12. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. So in his dream, he sees a vision of a ladder going from where he is all the way up to heaven with the angels going up and down, running their errands for the Lord. 13. And behold, the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. So again, God is saying, this land is going to you. So now God is speaking directly to Jacob. God spoke directly to Abraham and promised him Canaan. Then he spoke directly to Isaac and promised Isaac Canaan. Now he's speaking directly to Jacob and promising Jacob Canaan. So God is making sure that everybody knows that the children of Abraham are going to inherit this land. And he's visiting every generation to make this known. Pretty awesome, huh? So with God, there's never any mistakes. There's never any confusion. There's never any gray area. When God tells you something, you know it. And if you're not sure about something, it probably didn't come from God. Because when he speaks, he's crystal clear. 14. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So when Jacob had this dream, he was still in the land that we call Israel today. He was on the way to Haran, but he hadn't gotten there yet. This is like the first night of his journey. So he was still in the land of Israel, and he was really close to what today we call Bethlehem and really close to the other town today that we call Jerusalem. So that's why God says, this is the land I'm giving you and north, south, east, and west of it because he was smack in the middle of of what we call Israel today. And he says, your seed shall bless all the families of the earth. That's because again, Jesus Christ will be in the lineage of Jacob. And Jesus Christ is the one who blesses the whole world with the promise of salvation. 15. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee whithersoever thou goest, and will bring thee back into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of to thee. So he's telling Jacob, I know you have to go to Haran for a while, but I'm going to get you there safely, and I'm going to get you back to this land safely. That's what God is promising him. 16. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. So he's amazed that he was in a place where the Lord dwells. 17. And he was afraid. Now why was he afraid? Because God is holy. God is very holy. And that's why when people see God or angels, 
they fall on their face and they're full of fear and then the angel always has to say don't be afraid or if it's jesus jesus has to say don't be afraid because the holiness of god is so pure that it terrifies us because we are so filthy compared to him it's almost like darkness being afraid of the light and we see this throughout the whole bible and Jacob said, How full of awe is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob thinks he's basically in like the sanctuary of God on earth, that he has found the place where God hangs out on earth. 18. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil of upon the top of it. This is another thing you see in the Bible a lot is they use stones to commemorate the presence of God and the blessings and the miracles that he performs. When they crossed the Red Sea, they put up stones. When Elijah built an altar, he built it with stones. God actually commands the Israelites to always build altars with stones that have not been hewn. They're not allowed to use masonry to build an altar. They're not allowed to cut rocks to build an altar. They always have to build altars with uncut stones that they just pick up. You'll notice that satanic altars have cut stones, but the altars in the Bible were always made with round, uncut stones that you can lift with your hands. So he puts this stone upright that he had been laying his head on, and he pours oil on it. He anoints it as a memorial. Oil represents the Holy Spirit in the Bible. It represents the Spirit of God. And that's why the priest gets anointed with oil and kings get anointed with oil when God proclaims that they will be king in the Old Testament. So anyway, he's saying the Spirit of God is in this place. That's what Jacob is saying. 19. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city was Luz at the first. So in the Bible, whenever you see Luz, L-U-Z, it's the exact same location of Bethel. So this place later gets called Bethel. When we get into, you know, uh, Samuel, First and Second Kings, and First and Second Chronicles, we'll be seeing the name Bethel a lot. And this is a place of worship throughout the entire Old Testament and today. And also, this place is located extremely close to Bethlehem and Jerusalem. It's about 10 miles more or less of both of those places. 12. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, 21, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. Now to me, this seems kind of like a lack of faith, because God just promised him in the dream that he was going to get him safely to Haran, and then safely back. And Jacob knows that God dwells in this place, and he's anointed this place with oil as the house of God. But he's saying, if, if God keeps his promise, then he will be my Lord. So it's conditional. To me, it shows a lack of faith because we shouldn't have conditions with God. But God in his grace still lets Jacob receive the inheritance. So God is very gracious and loving. The Lord will keep his word true, and so Jacob will follow God all of his life. 
22. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me I will surely give the tenth unto thee. So this explains two things. It explains why a lot of churches are named Bethel, because Bethel means God's house. And it's in reference to this chapter where God met Jacob in the place that that Jacob named Bethel, which is in Israel. It also brings up another thing. Jacob says that all of the wealth that God gives him from now on, he will give God a tenth of all of it back. And that means in the form of sacrifices. This is where a lot of people get the idea of tithe from. And there's nothing wrong with tithing because in the New Testament, Jesus said that, that it was right to tithe, to give 10%. When he was criticizing the religious leaders for tithing without loving God, he said you should have loved God and taken care of his weak and tithed at the same time. So Jesus commends tithing, and Jacob also says that he will give a tenth of everything he has. Both Jesus and Jacob are showing us that in the Bible. And that concludes Genesis chapter 28.